Hello everyone, hello, and welcome back to Spilled Popcorn, part of your favorite podcast show, Popcorn for Breakfast. We are back in full swing to discuss Marvel's latest and greatest, Loki. It feels like it has been years since we discussed another Marvel series, except we've had three back-to-back. We've had WandaVision, we've had The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and now, finally, we get Loki. But I can't do any of this without my main man, Cam. Cam, say hello. What's up? It's good to be back. Good to be back. It does feel like it's been forever. It could have been It could have been years. I don't know. Maybe it's. Yeah. Maybe it has something to do with this time variance. I don't know. There, there's... Who knows, really? Who really knows? The Time Variance Authority, we're actually already in it. That's not just a mystery. I've often said that I feel like I'm in the Truman Show Mm -hmm. circa 1997 with uh, Jim Carrey. I feel like that's my life. And now all these movies are coming out and these series are talking about like, kind of like pointing pointing it like just jabbing at me like, hey, dude, this is exactly what's going on. And you have no idea. And we are in the TVA at all times and being watched by a higher power. It's crazy. It's crazy. So the hiatus between uh, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, how many weeks has it really been? Has it been like two? No. Three? No, it's been more. Six? It's been more. It was, I don't even know. Because I think it was um, mid-May. Mid-May, whenever, okay. Whenever the Falcon and the Winter Soldier stops. So I think it's been a month. It's been a month. Okay, gotcha. So it feels real. It feels real because getting no, you back... know what? You know what? Sorry. The Bad Batch came out after the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Okay. And so the Falcon and the Winter Soldier ended at the end of April. So it's been over a month. It's been over a month. That's why that's why this feels old. Mm-hmm. That's why I feel so excited. And I'm so glad about this episode because everyone says that this was the best debut episode uh, of all three so far. Because what do we have to rank them except against each other? And I would agree. I would agree that this is the best opening episode of all three. How about you, Cam? I don't know, man. That WandaVision opener holds a special place in my heart. I, I just yeah. like, I don't know. I think that show is way more up my alley, though. This has... This has strong, strong potential, and I love where we're going. So it's not a knock on this episode. It's just, man, I love that WandaVision 1950s episode. It was it was classic. Yeah, yeah. It was more mysterious, and you definitely had yes. to pay more attention. I I loved it. I love that episode equally. Uh, there are so many people who dogged on it because they didn't understand it or didn't give them enough information. This, to me, seems... Uh, that one was, was wonderful. I guess you can't compare them, right? Because that was its own element. This one is as well. I just push off Falcon and the Winter Soldier episode one because it wasn't even in the same league as those two right there. Um, so ranking, we'll have to do that later when we see more of these series come out and that'll be really fun to do either on this series or on popcorn for breakfast. So let's get real with this episode real fast. I want to dive right into the unwrapping and it's been over a month. Somehow this tiny, gross, oily piece of paper (laughs) has lasted. Unbelievable. I sealed it in, in a vacuum, um, (laughs) And it put it in no. like one of those cases where they keep like signed baseballs. Yes, that's, that, <laughs> that's right. That's what I did. And uh, you can see how oily it is. I won't let you look at it too long. It, it's pretty disturbing. Um, I don't even know what this wrapper is from. I still have forgotten. Maybe some podcast equipment. Who knows? But all I have to say is it's time to unwrap this episode and dive straight in to Loki episode one of six. Let's do it. Let's get it. 
That's crisp. That's crisp. So highlights of this episode are to tell us the story that our universe in the MCU is even bigger than we ever thought it was, which is insane. I think back all the way to Iron Man 1, and then I think about this episode of Loki, and it just blows my mind, the world building. It's absolutely Dude, even crazy. that first Avengers movie. So I rewatched the first Avengers movie because of, you know, it, it, this picks up effectively right after that, but also right after Endgame. And I was like, man, we live in a different world than, than, than this 2012 <laughs> Avengers movie. I mean, this is just not even close. Yeah, I remember leaving Avengers and saying, I don't know how they did it, how they had all of those characters. So many characters. How... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like seven. And yeah. now there's like 40 in every every series oh, now and every man. movie. I mean, it, it's just mind-blowing what capacity they they continue to push the, the limits to. Uh, I mean, bravo, bravo. So in this episode, in Loki, we start out, we, we go back into the end of Endgame, or I guess the middle of Endgame, where uh, 2012 Loki, uh, who has no idea what the events uh, transpire and continue on through the rest of basically every sequel, every um, uh, every second and third film. I'm mm-hmm. sorry, most second, definitely all third uh, of our main characters' uh, sequels, such as Thor, yeah. such as uh, Captain America, so all, all the big hitters. We, 2012 Loki snaps the Tesseract in the lobby and ends up in Mongolia. It's crazy. It's absolutely yep. crazy. Uh, only to then be immediately arrested by these Minutemen, uh, these futuristic time cops from a place called the TVA, which is called the Time Variance Authority. Big, big, big thing in the comics. And we'll dive deep here in a second. You see, Loki is arrested for muddying the sacred timeline, which is like the basic timeline that these timekeepers have woven and decided this is what the the how life should play out this one little stream plenty of plenty of crazy uh variants of it and they put them back together but still after they put it back together people continue to try to get off track because of all the different elements and options and free will if you will in the world and then after he becomes arrested he becomes an ally to the tva specifically agent mobius played by owen wilson to hunt another deviant it's so nuts, again, to think of Iron Man 1 to this, that this is the crazy stuff we're talking about. And this is the crazy stuff that somehow Marvel makes sense for us uh, based on their exquisite storytelling, uh, writing, and the base material, the canon material. All of this is happening, and we also are discovering the potential demise in the timeline that we come and uh, love to know about Loki. Uh, about the OG Loki, we are mm-hmm. we are watching him uh, in the TVA. Watch his future potential timelines play out, and he's disgusted, surprised, shocked about his mother, about his brother, about himself. He sees himself killed at the hands of Thanos. All this crazy stuff, all wrapped up in one single episode. Cam, yeah, what do you have to say to all of this? He goes through what seven years of character development in five minutes <laughs> which yes. i thought was a a pretty crafty um tool to use for them to be like hey watch all these things happen so he can experience the emotions live and and see you know the consequences of his actions and the reality that comes to be you know of his timeline uh but i liked it i liked it i think 
they knew that we weren't going to tolerate being with 2012 Loki for long because that's a that's a different cat altogether than the one we've come to know and love over the course of Ragnarok and of course you know Infinity War you know he tragically gets killed by Thanos so um, yeah I'm glad that they sped that along I think I think this still isn't the same Loki that we were left with right this is one that's burdened with tons of knowledge that the other one could have never had so it, it will yes. have different ramifications but he feels a lot closer to the loki that we we know and love now right right because he went he basically emotionally went through all of those things mm -hmm. because he's been told that these moments are real in a different timeline and because he knows the world uh knows the universe and how crazy it can be he comes to accept it and to, uh, to understand that it's not a trick being played on him i love how you said uh that just this character development all wrapped up within about five minutes it's almost like uh the set what is it the seven stages of grief uh, yeah. that he's got Sure. through denial uh blah 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 acceptance it, he goes through all of that to then become like you said uh, a very different but but still similar to the loki that we ended up with by the time that we lost him in endgame yep nuts absolutely nuts i want to get down into the nitty-gritty stuff the butter as we like to call it here on spilled popcorn and really get into some big highlights of what this episode lays out for us through the rest of this series again only six episodes mm -hmm. which is crazy uh and the implications that come with that so let's get into the butter let's do number it. one i want to talk about the world building here because yeah. insane uh i really didn't know much about the tva uh mm -hmm. going into this i really didn't know where they were going to take us even after watching the trailers uh we had we had glimpses of this but walking into the the tva uh headquarters which essentially looked uh, uh, immediately kind of like a like a 1970s dmv at first <laughs> like <laughs> yeah sure. bad bad lighting you got this re uh reception uh clerk uh which i forgot i've forgotten his Casey. name Casey, he's yeah. got the tie on. He's like perfect and just ready to take on any customer. The customer is always right. Uh, that's what it felt like initially to me. And then we also get, you know, looking out the windows and it looks like we're almost in a, in a Star Wars-esque world where we have all the, all the different flying cars and the world looks upside down and straight, straight up and down as well. Uh, what did you feel about this world building that we saw immediately in the TVA? Yeah, I think it's interesting. I think they've left it fairly ambiguous, uh, which is a good call. I think they position it in a way that is intentionally meant to make you feel uneasy in the mm -hmm. sense of like, this is a, you know, your natural instinct is sort of like, this is an authoritative power and, and not one that is immediately threatening, except for to Loki, who finds himself at the hands of a lot of threats because of who he is. Mm -hmm. um, so you kind of are in this state of like, well, are these guys good or are these bad? guys bad what are they either like what is this um but also just kudos to marvel who continues to stretch what we will accept as an audience you know they continue to to build building blocks towards a more abstract and out there superhero world which is ultimately what they need to do to continue to grow and to weave in these other more complicated characters like the eternals and you know others to come so I liked it. I liked the world of the TVA. I liked that they're keeping us in the dark. Um, and I'm excited to to dive deeper into it in the next five episodes. Yeah, I like how you said that too about uh, ambiguous and we don't know what it is. Um, authoritative, but you're, you, don't, you don't know 
how powerful they are just mm-hmm. like the dmv i think you know yeah, you, exactly you're like do i trust these guys <laughs> i don't know you get you get so mad at them but then you're like oh man they really do hold all the power for, <laughs> for me to do so many things man uh that's what the tva is that's i think that's exactly what it was derived from the, the dmv uh, or i think it's called different things in different states so department yes. of motor vehicles depending on what state or part of the country you are when you're listening to this episode uh what's also crazy about this is i want to know if you know cam about what this means for the Eternals, because we have the TVA, there are these time watchers. They remind me very much of like the Greek gods, the fates, the three fates. There mm-hmm. are three, uh, um, I don't, how would you say it, uh, appointed timekeepers. Um, what do we think about their relation to the Eternals? Do we know if they know about each other? Are they aligned? Do they not know about each other? Do you know that connection? I mean, I don't think there is a direct connection yet. Um, I think the timekeepers and the Eternals are, you know, they share similarities in the sense that they are this higher power. You know, the Eternals were created by Celestials, which are, you know, the gods of the Marvel Universe, and the timekeepers are certainly in that Celestial bucket, being that they have the power to govern time. Mm -hmm. So they are adjacent in terms of, like, what they are. But I, I don't know that there is a direct link. Maybe there will be in the MCU. But when I think of the timekeepers, uh, I don't instantly jump to the Eternals. But there has to be a reason they're they're rolling both of those out at the same time. So it, it could right. get interesting. Right, right, right. I So if they are somehow aligned or connected, I just wonder who's more powerful. I would assume the Eternals. Uh, but... If the TVA has like just this bureaucratic system in place, I mean, maybe they are, or maybe, you know, they just have this administrative side of their be to like, to like front them. Are we going to see like a wizard of Oz, like the curtain's going to be pulled and it's all scientific and there's nothing related to uh, just like mystical powers. Whereas the Eternals are the mystical powered beings as the Celestials. I don't know what's coming. Uh, and that makes it all, all the more exciting and all the more uh, please just give all five episodes dropped next week for me. <laughs> like, why do I have to wait? Um, but I understand the model is successful. Congratulations, Disney Plus. You win again. Uh, so with that, do we think you know, there's a lot of uh, a big shift in the Avengers too. We we have seen the the core Avengers fight aliens. We've seen uh, one thing that I always go back to when I watch the original Avengers is how Black Widow just seemingly just jumps in and starts offing these giant aliens that Loki has summoned. Right, uh, as part of his his big plan, is that. Obviously, the Avengers have seen more things. They've grown more. Their powers have developed. Uh, how do they fight this? place if even possible or do they again align with them to help keep this is the tva a bad thing i mean i think that's the question right i I think in in the comics the tva ends up coming to blows with the avengers and it's hard to not feel like uh we're on a similar collision course between the timekeepers and the avengers with you've got you know, Scarlet Witch, right? Who, who yes. on her, who, who just by herself, in essence, is a threat to everything the timekeepers do. You know, she is a nexus being, right? She's someone who has the ability to impact multiple different timelines. 
while residing in one timeline. So so that she's probably public enemy number one to the timekeepers, if we're being honest. Yes. You've got Doctor Strange, who is someone who protects the realm, but also has the ability to lurk in different timelines. You know, lurk well, lurk in a plane of existence outside mm -hmm. of our human experience. So and then you've got Loki who has ripped a hole in the timeline. I mean, things are going to get interesting from a multiverse perspective. We literally have a movie coming out next year whose subtitle is in the multiverse of madness. So that's not going to bode well for the timekeeper. So I, I do feel like they're on a collision course and not to be best buddies. You know, I think the Avengers will have to deal with the timekeepers or vice versa at some point, which, which does have backing in the comics, the, the timekeepers, ultimately view the view the Avengers as a threat to the universe because they could allow humanity to go on this like conquest of other worlds. And so they, they try to eliminate the Avengers at some point. So um, yeah, it, I, I, it's hard to say that they're bad or good, but they have differing, the Avengers and the timekeepers seem to have differing objectives. <laughs> yes, sure. I got that. I got that. Yeah, and like we said on uh, probably in WandaVision, you know, uh, everything used to be black and white as far as villains go. Even if they had fantastic backstories and reasonings for, you know, their evil takeovers and plans, mm -hmm. uh, everything's much grayer here in Phase 4. Absolutely. Very gray. And Absolutely. this... This is just muddy. It is messy. And you're going to have conflict over agreeing like, well, you know, they have good motive and reason for what they do. But on the other hand, uh, that's not very fair. <laughs> so well, think about think about. So so we're building towards Kang, right? And, yeah, and we'll, we'll talk more about Kang in this series, certainly. But we know that Jonathan Majors has been cast as Kang. We assume that Kang is going to be the next big bad. He is a Thanos level villain. So that would that would make sense. And the fact that we already know that he's been cast is a, is a good sign that he will be the big bad for these next few phases. But Kang as a villain is a, is a tough nut to crack. I mean, he is bad and then he's good and then he's like not good or bad, but he's kind of working with the Avengers because they have similar objectives though for different reasons. You know, he ends up becoming Immortus who Immortus is trying to destroy the old Kang, yes. you know, like, there's nothing clean about him. There's nothing clean about anything he's about. And we've already been introduced to John Walker. We're about to be introduced to Yelena Belova. We've been introduced to White Vision. It's like, yeah, good and bad, that dichotomy, poof, it's gone. We, <laughs> we, we, we are officially in like the null realm where we just have to kind of deal with information as it's presented to us, you know? Yeah, it reminds me a lot of uh, Survivor, the reality show. Uh, several seasons ago, there were alliances were kind of thrown out the window and there were these voting blocks. Like every yeah. episode was like, well, what are my best chances to survive this? Let's go with that. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, it's like we've you, evolved past normal villains and now we're in this weird state <laughs> where like anyone could be a villain for a day and then they could be good the next day. Who knows? Yes. Yes. Well, let's get on to even more speculation more and more. Let's dive into the crumbs where I want to go crazy on, on this. So you mentioned Kang, you brought him yeah. up, you dropped his name. And of course, so did Loki, uh, not Loki himself, but the the ver I think the ver the verbiage was uh, third millennium, a variant from the third millennium, which, as we know, Kang is from the third millennium. Yeah, the thirty first century. Nathaniel Richards, uh, he's a he's a time traveler. He comes from a he comes from a 
timeline where there is much peace uh, and he doesn't like the peace. He gets bored with the peace <laughs> and wants to mess things up. And so he takes on time traveling, taking advantage of his superior intellect and the technology of his era to to bounce around. He, I mean, he, I, we talked about it during WandaVision. He ends up being a pharaoh in Egypt for a while. He becomes Kang the Conqueror. Um, he becomes Immortus in the future and then is – and this is where it gets interesting, okay? Um, so the reason we know Kang, they say 31st uh, century whenever they scan that, like, weapon that they find at the yes. site where before they get killed by the, the variant Loki, presumably, mm-hmm. um, they scan it and say 31st century. So, um, But anyway, wh- where it gets really interesting is that when Nathaniel Richards, who is Kang, gets – older you know grows old uh he's he is in his help is enlisted by the timekeepers to keep watch over the period of time between 3000 bc and 4000 a.d it's his job to make sure that that timeline progresses as as needed in order for that timeline to meet the timekeepers at the end of time where they reside Mm -hmm. and so he ends up in the state where he basically has uh, carte blanche to, to do whatever it takes to get the timeline to play by the rules. And so, you know, he's very aware of Scarlet Witch being a threat to the timeline. And that's why he actually manipulates Scarlet Witch and Vision to fall in love because Vision being an android isn't able to produce human children. And so he is able to somehow, in a, in a backwards way, prevent her from having kids, though, as we know, he doesn't actually prevent it. We've already seen that in WandaVision. So um, then Immortus ends up becoming an enemy to Kang because Immortus wants to make sure Kang ends up on the timeline where he becomes Immortus. So it's like, it's about to get freaking weird. But oh, man. I knew as soon as we're talking TVA and as soon as we're talking timekeepers, Kang was going to be in the picture because you can't talk about the timekeepers without talking about Immortus and you can't talk about Immortus without talking about Kang because they are the same person. So, um, yeah, it's about to get wackadoodle, man. It's about, it's about to get totally ballistic. I'm actually eager to see how Marvel goes about it and maintains people's interest without drowning us in the convoluted uh, complexities of the whole plot. In post-production, I want you to cut my head open, <laughs> peel back my skull, and just put question marks just like yeah. flying out of it, please, sure. uh, if you could. Uh, yeah, like that's insane. It's absolutely insane. We already have all these Lokis. We already got a glimpse of that in Endgame as mm-hmm. all of the characters were avoiding themselves from the past, um, trying to dodge them and not meet with them. Uh, Captain America fought himself. Uh, we've seen this. <laughs> we've seen the the very beginning of this, but man... It's about to get wild with all of that. The fact that a ver- several versions of Kang, of Kang will fight each other because one is kind of uh, has good intentions. One has bad intentions, yes. question mark. And then they're, they're just fighting over, over what they want to do. It's absolutely insane. Uh, before my mind actually does explode and you have to do no post-production, <laughs> I'd like to talk about a little Easter egg that was, uh, I missed it upon the first viewing, but mm-hmm. then it blew my mind and I watched this scene no less than 37 times over and over again, uh, which we see Loki as he escapes from uh from one of the minutemen uh, agents uh and is like flo- floating but not floating but traveling and escaping through the TVA trying to get his collar off uh he goes into this hallway and immediately behind him in the background blink and you miss it agent Peggy Carter 
is presumably being arrested and, and marched on to another part of the TVA uh, headquarters. Uh, Agent Peggy Carter, as we know, uh, is an, a love interest and marries Steve Rogers upon him messing with the sacred timeline. So why is she being walked through the TVA and not Steve? Has Steve already been arrested and she's also being arrested now? Did she sacrifice him herself? Wh- what's going on here? What do you think? I don't know. I mean, I guess the first big question is, is it her? I mean, it certainly appears to be. Yeah, I mean, it, it does. It, it doesn't seem like an accident, though. Yeah. Who? All bets are off. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think the big question people are going to have with the TVA coming into play is like, okay, well, if Loki's a problem, let's talk about old man Steve Rogers. Let's talk about, you know, some of these different beings that are floating out there as a result of what happened in Endgame. And I think it's a fair question. I guess... I guess the question back to that question would be, well, is that stuff sanctioned by the Time Variance Association? Was it was or authority? Was it supposed to happen even though yes. they did mess with timelines? And that's an answer we don't know yet. So it, it's hard to know. Um, but yeah, I mean, it brings up a really interesting point that we continue to be reminded of, which is that no one is ever really dead, you know? And if you yes. think, if you think that Chris Evans, Captain America can't come back or, or Chris Evans, Steve Rogers, I should say, can't come back at some point, I would advise you to reconsider that take because do you, do you think uh, Alfred Molina thought he was going to be coming back as Dr. Octopus, you know, <laughs> 13 years ago or whatever? I doubt, I highly doubt it. So truly no one is ever really dead or gone. Um, so yeah, I, I would say all everything is on the table, and God only knows why Peggy Carter is is has been <laughs> apprehended by the Time Variance Authority. I really don't know. Yeah, I, I also uh, to that to that point too. You you uh, said uh, something along the lines of it's it's the the big question is is it part of the plan? Is it part of the original right. plan of the Timekeepers, knowing that they they wove the sacred timeline back together? Did they know it was going to happen or because people still have free will to do whatever they want that when they make a choice, is it the choice that was planned or somehow something interfered and changed it all, whether it be a nexus being or something that the timekeepers just couldn't predict and couldn't keep that person too. Uh, there's so many different things. And that's what's so cool and continues to be so wonderful about the Marvel Cinematic Universe is that it comes down to the human condition of how unpredictable it is, what people are put against and what they will react to and how they will react to can be completely different. And that's why the idea of timelines and being able to explore that creatively just continues to be so mind-blowing and exciting and it's so exciting it could go on forever there could be 700 movies by the time i'm sitting down to show my son when he's uh 16 and he's seven now so i can't wait for that i want to see all the movies (laughs) well i mean and you have to remember this is something that keeps popping into my head in in end game they have that scene where bruce banner goes back and talks to the ancient one tilda swinton and they take a really intentional approach to say Listen, time flows in one direction, and there's not necessarily parallel timelines per se, but when when something happens, there's a branch that comes off of this timeline. So if somebody's like, I don't know, this is really bad animation, but if this is our timeline <laughs> and something branches this way, if somebody's like on this branch, but they go back in time, they end up in the original branch. 
Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, and, and, and the ancient one's instructions was return the stones back where they were and you keep the timeline intact. So who's to say that like old man, Steve Rogers actually is a variant in a way yes. he's, he's kind of not, he's somebody who lived a full life, went back, returned all the infinity stones and then lived a different full life on the same thread. Yes. You know, like it's, I don't know. That almost checks out. <laughs> Granted, we're talking about fake science here, but it, it does seem to somewhat check out. Yeah. I also wonder, now I never watched uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. on ABC. Mm-hmm. I wonder if maybe they're trying to revive that. Not that they'll bring um, uh, Peg Agent, Agent Carter back, yeah. uh, like her show even, um, but maybe there's something in there, in Agent Carter's show that got canceled pretty quickly, Um that maybe she did they're surfacing just like they're retconning not retconning but they're making all those things that were seemingly unimportant before right they're bringing them back to light like you know people had a lot of uh, beef with age of ultron rightfully so when it came out but they didn't know the bigger implications that it held mm-hmm. uh, especially with uh thor dark world man have has so many more things been pulled from that and uh created to make it beefier and better and the details of that more important uh that's what this this is also seeming like so maybe peggy is uh maybe the peggy carter that we're seeing is not from when steve rogers went back but maybe before that when he was right. still <laughs> in the future and she did something else on that show that now i'm gonna have to go back and watch so <laughs> Oh my gosh, my mind is about to explode. Six episodes, one down, five left to go. I mean, how do we how do we even do this, Cam? How do we do five more? Well, it's going to get bumpy. I think where we're at now, we we've got a variant Loki on the loose, right? I, we didn't talk about that much at the outset, but that's that's basically where they they leave us. The reason yep. that that Owen Wilson, Agent Mobius, who Owen Wilson, so great, he's yes. so great. He 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 his his demeanor is so awesome in the show. I, I he it's much needed, and I think it, I think it's a great ad. But anyway, he he saves Loki the variant from being uh, deleted by Ravana, who actually is very important to Kang as well. So mm-hmm. we should talk about that at some point later. Not today. There's we'll see more of her, I'm sure. Yes. But um, takes him to try to try to hunt down this other other variant Loki. So. Um, I think this variant Loki's not working alone. I think where we're kind of set up right now is that he is some sort of agent of Kang and that maybe the reason we heard about the Jonathan Majors casting so far ahead of Ant-Man Quantumania is because he's going to make a cameo in Loki. I don't know. That's my bold prediction because it just feels like we're on a collision course with Kang. It has felt that way since WandaVision and it feels like we're accelerating in that direction. So that's where I think we head. How we get there... I could not tell you. I think it's going to get wacky, but I'm excited. 2012 Loki, variant <laughs> Loki, possibly kid Loki, which we may have yeah. already seen with the uh, Kablooey. That's what my take is. Uh, and we haven't even talked about the other pe- thing that people are speculating online is that Mobius, a.k.a. Owen Wilson, a.k.a. his broken nose, you know, his, his signature look looks like one of the, ki- the carved out uh, fe- features of the timekeepers behind um, mm. behind in the basically as he's getting tried uh, by Gugu is her name Gugu. Is that right? I don't know. She's fantastic. Whoever she, she was in. Um, ah, what's it called? The morning show on Apple TV plus. Oh, gotcha. Gotcha. Yes. So it looks, people are speculating that Mr. Owen Wilson, his nose is one of the actual Ooh, timekeepers, which that would be juicy. 
Let's go. I want all of that. <laughs> I want Kang by episode three. I'm excited for this. So anything else you want to speculate on, Cam, before we go? I don't think so. Not today. I need more information. I need more information <laughs> before I let all my wild theories come come out. Yes. They're, they're there, but I need to I need to validate some stuff first. Otherwise, this is going to be a six-hour episode. So we'll <laughs> stop there, and we will come back with you next week, guys. Make sure you check it out. Wednesdays. Wednesdays is Loki Day. Make sure you're tuning in, or Tuesday at 2 a.m. if you can stay awake, which <laughs> I'm going to try to do this week. We'll see what happens. We're going to see you next week. We'll figure out the exact timeline and drop date, but stay tuned for more spilled popcorn my name's kirk that's cam you're listening to rhetoric all of our original music we will see you next week see ya